Hello, welcome to the Power of Healing Your Energy show. This show is all about your unconditional love, your light, your intuition, your soul's purpose. Depression and anxiety are a side effect of not living your life intuitively, not trusting your gut, the lost connections with your higher self and others. So let's go higher and feel deeper. Hello, empowered empaths. I'm Christine, I'm your spiritual guide, mentor and healer. And I can't believe it, but this is episode 52. So that means <laughs> I've been doing a show once a week for a year. I, I can't believe it. Where has the time gone? And hey guys, come on in, say hi, please share, you know, share with your friends, tag some people. Let's get this conversation going because when I talked to this gentleman three months ago when, you know, things kind of went sideways in the world, depending on who you talk to or how you feel about it. So we all have a different experience, do we not? And uh, Steve Sims, um, he is the real life Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, this is cool, I like that. <laughs> uh, he basically, you know, talks about blue fishing. And I'm like, what the heck is that? So we're gonna dive deeper into that as well, because it sounds so interesting, right? Uh, basically, there was one line or quite a few lines in his website, but one that stuck out on his bio, he talked about in a world loaded with self-described motivational gurus, and I'm sure we're seeing this more than ever, who are far, far more interested in your cash than they are in your consciousness. So find out why Steve refuses to compromise his principles. And just a little bit about him, I mean, he is a speaker, coach, author, and um, he does these amazing experiences called blue fishing. So do you know anyone that's worked with Sir Elton John or Elon Musk? We're throwing some names out here. So maybe sent people down to see the wreck of Titanic on the seabed or closed museums in Florence for a private dinner party and then have Andrea Bocelli serenade them while you eat their pasta. Well, you do now. So Steve is the real life Wizard of Oz by Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine. He is a best-selling author of Blue Fishing and the art of making things happen. He's sought after coach speaker and he's part of lots of networks, groups, associations, as well as, you know, the Pentagon and Harvard twice as well. So I'm going to bring him on and uh, hello, three months later, no, four months later, here we are. I'm wondering how many people were expecting to see me when you were giving that uh, that layout. <laughs> <laughs> what well, what do you think they were expecting to see? I've I've literally I've been into meetings before. I've, I, there was a famous one that I had on Sunset Boulevard where I was meeting a client that had done business with me for about three years, spent probably about two and a half million bucks with me, and I literally was at a restaurant. He walks into the restaurant, took a look at me goes over to a different table and then texts me going, I'm already at the restaurant. Let me know when you're here. So he'd seen me and gone, well, there's no way in the world I could have given that guy my, my credit card and my bank account. So that can't be him. So it's always funny when people get to see me. Absolutely. And I, I know you gave me two pictures, but I love the, the dog. Is that a pit bull in your picture? Yeah. Is that a it was, a, it was a, well, he's actually what they call a band dog, which is a, Bull, uh, a mastiff and a pit bull, but he was from an adoption home, and he was—he's about as aggressive as well. He's dead now, sadly, but Aww. he's about as aggressive as a sack of spuds or a carpet on a good day. Um, but it's just an absolute love bug. He looks great for display purposes. 
He looks great, but there's nothing to back it up. <laughs> he is your show dog. He was, yeah. My, <laughs> yeah. my wife used to joke that he was there for display purposes only. <laughs> yeah, no, that was lovely. I could feel the energy off you too. So there, there was something there. I just thought I'd yes. point that out. All right. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, when I, I went uh, deep diving in the website there, and I, I guess we're just going to talk about um, blue fishing first. Talk about how that happened. God, well, the, the thing is, I've always tried to manifest the room that I've wanted to live in. So I've ended up with a lot of opportunities. And I, I'm, a, I'm a great believer that if you want an opportunity, be prepared to receive an opportunity. And so I've always been in that, that mindset to receive opportunities. Um, I was in a party. Someone said, hey, the kind of stuff you get up to, you should write a book. And my clients own things like countries. So if I started writing a book and tattling on about what they spent their millions on, Basically, I'd be dead before cocktail hour. So I declined because I wanted to stay alive. Um, and then I was starting to do a lot more speeching, uh, speeching, a lot more speaking gigs with entrepreneur events and talking about how a bricklayer from London can suddenly be working with Elon Musk and the Pope. And they came back to me. They got wind of one of these through a friend of mine called Joe Polish. They came back to me and they went, hey, rather than you talking about who you do it for, can we actually talk about how a bricklayer from London who you know, left school at the age of 15, how he's doing it? So I wrote this how-to book to be completely blunt, thinking it's never going to get anywhere. It's just going to be me prattling on, selling about you know the world I want to live in. No one's going to get involved. And before you knew it, it was a bestseller, and it's now uh, been um, translated, and it's in uh, Mandarin Chinese. It's in, it just launched in uh, uh, Korea. Vietnam, Thailand, the later part of last year. It's being written up in Russian now. It launched in Poland just before COVID, and it sold out all of its print copies in one day. So um, it's just gone crazy and ridiculous. So I'm quite stunned. <laughs> That's amazing. I, your, your intention, your passion, I mean, it, it basically manifested itself, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. Good, thing, the good thing was is um, – I work, I work on selfish liability. That's mm. something that I have in my life. I look, I look at everything and I go, okay, can this benefit me? If the answer is yes, okay, how can I make it benefit you? Then I know that's a relationship that's going to last forever. Everyone tries to avoid the word selfish, but I think we need to think mm. about it more often. And I also look at liability. You know, what's my liability here? You know, if I, if I go on a podcast and I chill with someone I've never met before in the afternoon, where's the liability? Where's the downside, you know? So I have those kind of liability things in my head. When the book came out or when it was about to come out and they actually paid me very well to write the book, I had no downside. Mm. So it wasn't a case of I was thinking, okay, I'm going to buy a house on the beach with the proceeds from the book because if anyone's ever going to write a book, they should know that never happens. Um, so I thought, well, I'm going to write a book that I want to write. I'm going to, I'm going to tattle on about what I think is problematic in the world I'm going to talk about all the tips and tricks that I've used. I'm going to give it all my way. And if it resonates, great. If my mum buys two copies and that's all that ever sells, eh, who cares, you know? But um, in fact, here's a quick funny story. The first month it came out was in October, well, two years ago. It sold 400 copies. And I phoned my agent and I went, oh, 400 copies. You know, is that good? Because I didn't know it's my first book. And they went, uh, no, 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 let's look next year. So November comes around. I think it was like 300 and something. 
Okay, so going the wrong way. And I went, oh, you know, is that not? And they were like, um, we'll call you. So I got the distinct impression that they were like, oh, bum, you know, we've, we've backed a dead horse here. This, and in December, it sold 8,000 copies in one month. So it literally went like, basically like on like live support machine. And they just went, you know, and that took off. And after that, after that, they took my phone calls. But before that, I got the idea they weren't, <laughs> they weren't going to be answering me. Amazing. I love that. And uh, just your passion. I, I think that's what I was really drawn to. I'm just going to say hello to a few folks. We got uh, Demetrius. He's already shared stuff out. He's from London. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And Mary. I'm not sure what happened to you, Mary, but you have to let me know. Let us know. And yeah, another phenomenal live today. Having a wonderful, blessed day. Oh, here we go. Oh, got some newcomers here. Oh, Brian, uh, I found you on Spotify last week. I was attracted to your podcast out of thousands. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And you know, I always hear that field of dreams quote, you know, if you build it, they will come. So if you put your heart into something and you let it go, that, that's honestly, that's where the magic happens. So I'm just trying to keep up with all the comments here. You don't, uh, don't mind there. Steve, hello, Tanya, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Demetrius, that's funny you say that. Frank Sinatra, I do it my way. I'm sure you've heard that before because when you were talking about it, I was like, that's the song that comes in. That's how spirit talks to me. How does, how does spirit talk to you? Um, the spirit actually is, it's the little devil on your sh shoulder that you shouldn't listen to but kind of motivates you to do what you shouldn't. Um, I love, I'm a troublesome East Ender Lunder, a Londoner. So I was always kind of getting into the, I was always in the wrong room. I was mm. always in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's never changed. The only difference is now I get paid very well for it. Um, but there was just this inept thing in me that would walk past the door. And my, my wife jokes about this all the time. But I, I can walk through New York. I can walk through you know, Tel Aviv, I can be walking through Poland and I'll see an alleyway and I'll see a door and I'll be like, what's going on in there? And I'll instinctively just go in. Now I will say over my years and some of my travels, I've been in some rooms that I really wish I hadn't been in and I'm very thankful I managed to walk out. But in challenging myself, I've always grown. And um, I think we grow by doing stuff that makes us uncomfortable rather than what makes us comfortable. Yeah, I, I love that. I always say there's discomfort and growth and many of us don't want to go there. We don't want to look. We don't want to uncover those rocks. Um, something off your, your site as well, your imperfections are your perfections. And uh, I, I love that. Um, I think many times we're um, afraid to fail or we don't want to try because we'll fail and we don't like that feeling. No, no. I don't want okay. to argue with I don't want to argue with you. It's no, your show. Sure. Right. And you can always switch me off. But I don't think people are fighting to fail, especially entrepreneurs. I don't think we care mm. about the failing. We care about people seeing us fail. Mm, now okay. we're we're in a society where whatever you do is going to be videoed or photographed by somebody. And that's what concerns us because then they will clip it and it can be taken out of context. This is a true story. I live in Los Angeles, and there's a, 
massive shopping mall near us uh, in a place called Glendale. And I was walking through Glendale with my wife. Now, this is a, it, it's a horrible story, but it needs to be, needs to be spoken. I was with my wife. You know, we, we met when we were 16 and 17, and we've been together forever. So I'm with my wife. In front of me were uh, a, a couple of guys, um, a little gay couple holding hands, walking along. In front of them, and I don't want to be rude, but was one of the largest women I've ever seen in my life. Now, we were being held up because the guys in front couldn't get past her because for some weird reason, she'd been to Target. I knew this because she had all these carrier bags with Target men on them. She had her hands out to the side of her at 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock. Not in front of her, but side by side. And I couldn't understand how she actually had the body strength to keep these bags up. But more ridiculous, apart from the fact that she was very wide, she'd now made it impossible for anyone to get past her. So I have to admit, in those moments, I was quite resentful for her. I thought it was quite rude. She had her hands out to the side and she tripped. Now, because she had her hands out to her side, poor woman went down on the side of her face. Nothing elegant about it. She hit it. I've never heard the sound like that before. The movies can't replicate it. This poor woman with no support or restriction hit herself on her face. Now, the two guys in front of me leapt to grab her. No one was going to stop her falling. But they went to grab her, and uh, they once she was down, they were there. I ran over there to, to grab her. There was loads of shopping that now literally just scattered. I grabbed all of her shopping bags. These guys sat her up. I put all the shopping bags between her very unelegant um, legs now splayed. The poor woman was dazed, didn't know what was going on. I stuck these bags between her legs. I went from being resentful that she was taking up all the room for feeling so sorry for this woman that 100% must have been hurt from that fall. Anyone falls down without holding their hands out, it's going to hurt. She didn't strike me as the fittest person in the world, so it must have been terrible for her and very shocking. As she started to come to, she started quickly moving her neck around, looking for everything. We were worried about she'd hurt herself. So I said to her, I said, look, all your bags are here. And she carried on looking around. I said, is there a bag that's not here? Is your phone gone somewhere? Has something gone missing that you've lost? I can quickly grab because a crowd is now starting to come around us. She looked at me. Now, bear in mind, she'd fallen over. She was hurt and everything had gone south. She looked at me and she said, no, no, no. I just want to make sure no one videoed it. Now, in that moment, that poor woman, now the, the um, I don't know what to call them, but the medical people from the shopping mall suddenly came in. They asked to step, step away. This poor woman was hurt. There's no way in the world she didn't wake up the following day, at minimum, with a couple of big smacks and bruises. But she had hurt herself by going face plant, and all she could think about was people laughing at her. We're in a society now where there are whole TV shows out of people walking into walls. Most people are scared, not of the failure, of it being filmed. The difference is some of the most powerful people in the world don't care what you think. They care about the impact. And I am going to name drop, but Elon Musk, I was doing an event with Elon Musk at SpaceX, and he said to me, they will always laugh at you before they applaud. And that has always stayed with me. So I don't think we're fighting a failure, but I, I think sometimes we're just a little bit scared of people seeing us fail. Yeah, very well said. I, I 
gosh, that, that poor woman, I, I can just see it. And oh, I, yeah, I, get I get that because it feels like we're all under, you know, scrutiny, judgment, under a microscope. Um, you know, if there's that worthiness thing that keeps um, and let's talk about your podcast. I, I had to listen to, well, I believe it's your latest one. And it was all about Sir Richard Branson. He is the greatest failure. I was like, I, I, I got to listen to that. Yeah, there's, um, I started a podcast because I wanted to start a podcast. You know, I started to get a few people that were asking me questions. And I thought, well, when you release a book, and people buy it, you kind of have this obligation to keep feeding. Um, so I started a podcast. I know some interesting people. So I suddenly started having these interesting people on the show. But what I would do, and I didn't mean it to be anything, was when I didn't have someone coming on the show, I would just grab the mic and tell a story about something, you know, something I've been up to, something I'd found. And um, I've worked with Richard uh, quite a few times. Now, Within all business aspects, there's things you agree with someone on, there's things you disagree with people, uh, things on. So I'm not saying the guy's a saint by any means. Mm -hmm. um, but there's one thing that I absolutely do, you know, fan gush over him. He's got a switch. And as soon as he sees something's not going right, he doesn't throw money at a dead donkey. He turns it off and walks away and he's done. End of conversation. He is very, very good at looking at something and go, well, I gave it all, I'm out. And the downside is today, far too many of us, we actually pay for the pleasure of being in business. We think to ourselves, oh, it's going to turn around. Oh, it's going to come. Oh, that, that'll be okay if I keep doing this. And we keep lying to ourselves. And so you need to be very direct and turn around and go, okay, I'm going to give it all my all, but if it doesn't hit X, Y, Z, I'm done. And Richard's launched like well over 400 companies um, some have done brilliantly, a lot have not, but he's been able to just turn the switch and go, well, okay, that did what, you know, Virgin Brides, Virgin Cola was a big mammoth mistake. And he's just gone, eh, tried it out. And that's what I like. He is a very good failure because he knows when to just go, I'm done. And he's not going to waste time in trying to revive something that, that doesn't have any life in it. Yeah, that, that definitely makes uh, sense as well. Um, and then there was another part on, on the site, uh, Sims Distillery, and I'm like, what's that about? So I had had a little look around. I mean, I'm, I'm sure when people go to the site, they're, they're thinking something else. So what where did that come from? So we had, everyone knows I like, you know, I'm drinking a cup of tea now, but they, everyone knows <laughs> that like five o'clock, there's going to be an old fashioned in there. Um, I like to have a nice whiskey. Okay, and the whole premise of a distillery is to find the best parts and turn it into a beautiful drink. So it just became this kind of weird thing that, and it was just a pipe dream. I came up with this one day that I was gonna create a distillery. I was gonna bring the best elements of my friends, my connections, my relationships. I was gonna bring them into one house, you know? And then you can drink from the cup and make you a better person. And it started off as trivial and as, as minute as that. Um, we ended up launching it. It's like $97 a quarter or $2.95 a year. Um, and this is what we do. You know, twice a month, we have uh, one of my guests come in and we do a 45-minute live AMA. And we've had Jay Abraham, Jeff Madoff. Uh, we've had uh, um, just tons of people coming in that have helped you on different things and different aspects. 
Uh, and then from there, what we do is we also have varied ones throughout the week and every other week. We also do virtual happy hours. It's the only place where you actually get to communicate with me direct. So we made it this community. Now, here's the funny thing. We talk about fear and failure. Last year, everyone was telling me to release a course. Now, I don't like courses, okay? The reason I don't like courses is I call it the diet book syndrome. People buy a diet book and think just purely and simply because they purchased it, they're going to lose weight, you know? All of the action is in the action. And so I thought to myself, I'm not going to do an online course. I'm going to do a community. So we called it my inner circle, my community. There are, if I've done any courses, if I've done any videos, if I speak on stage, I'll get the video, I'll stick it on there so it's a library for you. But more than anything, you're now going to be part of my community. So we built this community, and there were actually a few naysayers, which always fuels me to push it further. But we launched the community in February. Now, you can do the math yourself. March, we went shut down. So it was perfect timing is an understatement. We launched the community. And while everyone's out there trying to find ways that they can impact from today, ways that they can be positive from today, ways that people can network with similar-minded freaks, because let's be honest, we're all a bit weird. We're all a bit strange. And as I always say, we're disruptors and we're creators. Okay, That's what we are in our world. I'm going to put you in a room, albeit at the moment online, with other disruptors and other creators so you can impact millions rather than a couple. So that's how the whole Sims Distillery came about. It's on simsdistillery.com, but that's what we actually did. We decided to put a community together that would help us misfits connect with others. I, I love that. And it's very interesting that you brought up courses because I've been, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to create a course. I'm going to do all these courses. But you know what? It just doesn't resonate with me. I feel the one-on-one, -on -one, the impact, the, like you said, the inner circle, that has more impact. That gives someone their epiphanies, their aha moments on their own and kind of gives them the motivation to, okay, I'm going to do this because I'm so freaking inspired versus watching, you know, something in, in a PDF and then they're like, oh, you know, got distracted and move on. Thank you for sharing that because I seeing this coming up a lot where people are wanting, oh, I, I, I have 10 courses I have to finish. Like people yeah. will sign up but not finish them. Yeah, yeah. Now, I believe uh, the good thing about a community is you hold yourself accountable. Um, I am regularly there. Um, we do a live AMA, what we call it, first Tuesday, last Thursday. So our next one's actually tomorrow at 10.30 on our private Facebook group. And if you're a Sims to still remember, you get to be part of these. Nice. You are held accountable by those people around you because you're learning all this information. But also because you're actually active, because you're coming back online, because you're actually involved in the AMAs, just like your people, asking questions, making comments they are reactively holding themselves accountable because they're showing up. Yes. And let's be blunt, that's the biggest hurdle. Most people don't go to a gym, not because they don't want to get, they don't want to have to go and leave their house, you know, get dressed, go all the way, park the car. They don't want all of that effort. But when you show up, you, you, you move, you action, you do. So that's the good thing about a community and keeping it consistent. I don't want to put a course up there with five videos and go, there you go. I'm out. Good night. 
I want to be able to put stuff out there that's constantly going to challenge you. Plus the fact, let's be blunt, what you learn today may not be relevant next year. Absolutely. So it's a constant growth cycle. And that's that's what I like about a community. Love it. Love, love the bluntness and the truth there. Mary saying lose weight by osmosis. <laughs> uh, leave it to Mary. Leave it to Mary. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, yeah. So no, I, what I guess, okay, let's talk pre COVID to now. What, what's the difference in your community? What were people asking you pre? Because I've been seeing that as well. People are like, Oh, this is the time where you can uh, make so much um, income or people don't have, you have to change your, your approach, I guess is what I'm saying. So I don't know if that is just a marketing ploy that I'm seeing and many of us are seeing. So maybe um, okay. the problem, I'm going to go out on a limb mm -hmm. and say that I'm really enjoying COVID. Okay. okay. And I'll explain why. Before this was happening, we were all very successful. We were all very motivated. We were working mm. hard on working hard. Okay. We'll come back to that in a second. I'm sure you know the difference. And we all wanted to make more impact, get more clients, be more productive, connect with more people, build up more uh, clientele for more security, make more money. We all wanted these things. But the trouble is, we quite often was putting lipstick on a pig because we're moving so fast, we could never look internal. We could never stop and look at our feet. We could never sit down on a bench and go, hang on a minute, am I where I wanted to be this time last year? We couldn't do that because our competitors would go after our clients and we'd miss out on those clients. So it was like a speeding train. If you've got a, if you've got a vehicle traveling at 200 mile an hour and it needs to turn right, it's going to have like a five-mile radius to be able to turn right because it can't turn right on a dime. The beautiful thing about COVID is it pushed pause. It gave you the chance to go, okay, I can look at what I'm doing now because I'm sure a lot of us have sprung clean the, uh, uh, the wardrobe, okay? But we can now spring clean the desk. We can now spring clean the business. We can now spring clean this mind up here and we can ask ourselves questions without worrying about our competitors stealing our clients because we're all in the same boat. So it's given us a great chance to reflect on where we are today and are we happy about it. Now, I launched my community just before COVID because a lot of people wanted to know how to make more impact, make more money, do more marketing. Now, the beautiful thing about COVID is it's installed a lot of ridiculous fear. We don't know what's going on. Confusion and distraction, distortion, noise, that's paramount, that's everywhere. We honestly don't know what's going on. If we were to suddenly hear today that come the 1st of September, COVID will leave the planet. 1st of September at 9 a.m. in the morning, it could never be seen again. Our mind would change because we'd turn around and go, oh, well, I'll paint the house in between. Oh, I'll study a new language. Oh, I'll do it. The trouble is because we don't know what's going on, so many idiots are out there binge watching Netflix or just doing nothing or crying in their hands because the world is over. Now, here's the dumb thing. COVID has taken our ability to connect with each other away. The truth of the matter is we imposed that 20 years ago when we invented social platforms. <laughs> we stopped connecting as human beings 
the second Fenster and MySpace came out. We now rely on sending a tweet out there to tell everyone we've had a baby. You know, the fact is that we are losing the ability to communicate. COVID has just slapped us in the mush and gone, hey, do you miss it or don't you miss it? And we miss it. Now, here's a couple of statistics which are just stupid. As human beings, we want to connect. At this moment of distraction and distortion, we're terrified and therefore we're, we're repelling, we're moving away. More people have pulled out of marketing, especially like Facebook and advertising. They've pulled out. That means there's less adverts to compete against. You can get a greater distribution if you have a valid message with less money today than you could two months ago. But the scaredy cats are not jumping in. Me, as soon as COVID came along, doubled up. We entered in, we, we launched a, a Facebook group called an entrepreneur. It's free of charge, so no one's making any money and there's no promotion. It's called an entrepreneur's advantage with Steve Sims. That's my private Facebook group, okay? Doesn't cost you anything to be in there. We launched it with, I think, like 50 people in there. COVID came along, and all of a sudden, we're now at about 1,600 people. We do a lot of connection in there. We do a lot of videos in there, a lot of AMAs in there, because people want to connect. So why would I not connect? People are upset because we're not being able to network. I'm providing a platform they can network on. The bottom line of it is, find out today what is the problem that you are the solution to and then find a person that has that problem. That's what I did. It's done very, very well for us. We are up 65% on our consulting clients than we were this time last year because people are literally going, well, hang on a minute. While I'm in the quagmire, while I'm in the sand, let us redefine our message. Let us redefine our offer. Let's realign who our, our client bank is. Let's rework our avatar. You know, this is a perfect time to be doing all of that. When the, when the lights go up, when the green flag goes down, whatever metaphor you want to use, and we get back into the world, everyone's going to be running for the first corner haphazardly. Today is the time to get sharp. As I learned from many, many years ago, you don't sit down on the edge of the battlefield when war starts to sharpen your knife. Sharpen that bad boy now so that when war gets declared, you're the first one out there slaying. Yeah, prepare, uh, you know, mastery, mastery of self and and what you're looking to do as a passion or finding your 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 soul's purpose or as they also call it a hero's journey. Um, now, what uh, who is are there certain books that you're reading right now? Like, what are you drawn to? right? Yeah. Now? So um, I read a lot. OK. Mm -hmm. And I do a two for one. OK, so I'll explain this. I read so because of COVID, I've actually been going back to the classics, like okay. you know, you know, think and grow rich. Everyone's heard of that book, okay? How many people have actually ever read it? <laughs> so what I started doing was I started going back to like you know the the uh, Kawasaki and the Bouchards, and I started reading a lot of the classics. You know, some of them I agree with, some of them I don't. But I read two business books, and then one fantasy, usually a thriller or a conspiracy or something like that. You see, here's the thing. A business book tells us how it was done or what should we should be doing. That's what a good business book does, okay? A fantasy book gets us to dream, mm -hmm. okay? I think today the one thing that's always going to make us stand out above Amazon is not our ability to interact. 
It's our ability to dream and create. Through dreams and creation, we can disrupt. So I don't want to lose out on that brain well, a brainwave. So I will like, I, the books that I'm finishing now are the Dragon Tattoo books. Okay, now there, yeah. were, there was the trilogy, and then when the guy died, um, I forget who the guy is, it wasn't Stig Larsson, but someone came along and has written another three following mm -hmm. on using um, Salander's uh, character. Uh, so I'm reading those. Uh, I like to read fantastical books to make me go, oh, you know, and then I'll go to a business book, another business book, and then I'll go to, oh, you know, and it has to be just something that gets you out of your space. It could be a fictional, it could be a crime drama, whatever, but that's how I do it. I do a two for one. No, oh, I, I love that because, yeah, you, the, the imagination in your dreams, I talk about it all the time. That's, I mean, uh, you know, you talk about um, Einstein. He, it wasn't, you know, all the science stuff. It was your imagination and your intuition. A lot of people didn't know that part about him. But uh, Brianne is just saying she's able to, she wasn't able to do that during COVID. She's deemed an essential worker, so her schedule never changed. Um, and so she never got a full chance to step back and look, but she's trying to do that now. And then she says, how can you do that when the world never doesn't stop? I never said it was easy, did I? I don't believe any point in this, uh, this podcast I said this was easy stuff. Um, we, a lot of us have been given the easy chance by having it stopped for us. You're an essential work, so you don't get that choice. So what you've got to do is you've got to do it. You've got to put it in your diary. See, here's a funny thing that I started doing years ago. I book times to speak with my kids and my wife, which is daft. I'll have like 7.30 in the morning to 8.30 uh, in the morning, one hour, and it will say, talk to Claire. Claire's my wife, okay? And it's funny when people look over my shoulder and they go, you've got, you know, talk to your wife, 7.30 to 8.30. Why do you schedule that? The daft thing about your calendar is if you look at your calendar, you'll schedule time for your accountant, you'll schedule time for your, your lawyers, you'll schedule time for your, you know, dermatologist, your doctor, your scheduled time for your, your scheduled time for all of these things that create no pleasure for you. And you'll miss out on all the ones you do. How many times do we get a full working week where it's been really horrible and we haven't actually had any fun in it? So mm. I book time in there. I also book time in there to go for a walk. So Brianne, I would actually book a time in there, maybe three hours a week, separate one hours where you literally walk the park and ask yourself the whys, you know, why am I here? Am I happy about this? Why am I doing this? Am I comfortable about this? Why is my position in life here? Why is my impact like that? Am I content with that? Ask yourself, give yourself the full stop that you need. We, we recharge the phone each night, but we don't recharge us. Mm. And there's nothing worse than in five years time, meeting the person that you could have been. Mm. That is the definition of hell. Definitely. Yeah. Nature, self-care, self-love. Don't die with the music still in you. Uh, and Tanya's just talking about everything Steve is saying makes so much sense, especially what I've been doing these last few months. Brilliant. Yes. It's not rocket science. No, it's really stripping it down and going back to the basics and um, cutting out all the fluff all the noise. Um, yeah. you, now, in, when you talk about charging your phone, I, I don't know about you, but I don't touch my phone until I've done a full hour of me time. That's what I schedule in. Every morning, I, it's an hour dedicated to myself. Um, now, everyone's got their own. Oh, yeah. 
I like to look at my phone because as I, I would openly say I'm actually not good with people, which means I have a massive filter on the people that I allow into my world, which means once they are in my world, I want to connect with them. So when I wake up in the morning, I put the coffee on, I open up the back door, I kick the dog out to do his business, and I go out and sit there on the, on the deck chairs over me, over me land. I want to see what's going on. I want to see what I'm being challenged with. So I like that. One of the things that I absolutely never, never, never do is watch the news in the morning. Oh, yeah. I never, ever watch it. A friend of mine, Peter Diamandis, said that you turn the news on at 7 o'clock in the morning, you're met by a, an over-attractive news hostess or host who turns around and says, good morning, and then spends the next three hours telling you why it's not. I don't want to go into my day with that baggage. So I wake up, I look at my phone and go, whoa, what's going on? You want me to do what? You want to have a phone call with me? You want me to be on a podcast? Hell, I mean, so it actually invigorates me for the day. I plan my, my day from that first hour and then I'll go into the relaxation where I'll talk about the kids and what's going on in, in the world with my wife. And then I'll set about the day and have breakfast. Yep. As long as you're taking care of yourself, that's all that matters. It's just, I know people, that's the first thing they do. They go mindlessly scrolling and then they get all deep dive and then their whole day just, it's yeah. getting up on the right side of your head is basically what I was, yeah. You're what totally right. To whatever, whatever rings your bell, that's discover right. that. Anything that weighs you down, anything that creates friction in your world mm -hmm. needs to be eradicated. Absolutely. Anything that challenges you, scares you, arouses you, excites you, do more, okay? But if it weighs you down, it's never good. Yeah, and Kelly says she's scheduling a walk. Good I, for you, Kelly. I'll, 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 come, I'll come out with you, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, nature is nurture. Uh, I mean, anytime you can get outside and look around and just be present in that moment, Grounding, that's important too, because we get uh, carried away as well. Uh, anything else you want to, you know, uh, share with us? So we're going to be wrapping up in probably about five minutes, but um, is there something that's pressing that you, you just want to share with our audience right now or give someone a little piece of advice or? Yeah, I think we just really need to stare in the mirror. Um, you may be aware, you may not be aware, but the common toothbrush has evolved faster and more dynamically than we have in the millions of years that we've been around, okay? We are the slowest evolving technology in the planet, yet we hold each other, hold each other to standards that shouldn't exist. The bottom line of it is you wouldn't buy a washing machine if it carried the same warranty as a human being. We need to understand what we are. We are pack animals. We need a community. We need to attach. We need to connect. Find it in any way you can and force it to happen. You may not be able to go down to the pub. You may not be able to organize a house barbecue. Phone people, Zoom, FaceTime. Keep the connectivity alive. And more than anything, hate the moment that you're in so that when it's over, you run out of your front door to hug the person you love. You know, make sure that happens. Let's not forget this. We were, we were socially distancing with MySpace. Don't allow COVID to make it worse. Make it realize it's, it's taken something away that we needed and love. When we saw 
uh, the, one of the things that really made me cry was when you saw those apartment blocks in Italy where people mm. were going out at night and singing, okay? They were drinking wine and they were talking. There were people there that lived next to their neighbors for 15 years and never spoke to. Now they're communicating. COVID can have some great opportunities if you allow, if you allow it. Yes, 2020 vision, new vision, rebirth. Uh, so let's work on ourselves here. And the one question I always like to ask, and I leave till the end of the show, and I asked you at the beginning, what does magic mean to you? Ooh. <laughs> Creating something that you both smile at. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, I'd say that was it. Yeah, find your bliss, guys. His <laughs> life is beautiful. All right. Well, I, gosh, I left all of your contacts, uh, your website, all of your social media contacts, connections. If you guys have questions, even on the replay, feel free to leave them here. Uh, reach out. We're, we're not going to leave you hanging. Uh, we will get back to you right away, okay? <laughs> and uh, please share this out if you've loved what you heard, what you saw. And, you know, follow, subscribe, uh, Steve's uh, podcast website. Try and maybe get in that inner circle as well. Or even check out his book. I believe it's on Amazon, is it not? It is. Uh, you can go to stevedsims.com forward slash book. Or you can go to Amazon and just type in Bluefish in the art of making things happen. So it's there. Wonderful, wonderful. And as well, I, I'm doing this uh, one more, well, probably more than once because it keeps coming up. Uh, I have a Heal Your Past Life Fears. Uh, it's a free webinar coming up Thursday, August 6th at 11, 11 a.m. So just comment heal to sign up. Uh, basically, it's a meditation. I take you through past life regressions and we try to heal all of that ancestral karmic stuff that is coming up and did you know that your family trauma is inherent? Um, that's why we're seeing so much stuff that's coming up and coming out of a lot of, uh, you know, timelines, clients have been telling me this. So if this is something you're looking uh, into, comment heal and sign up, I'll get you the link and it's free, of course. All right, guys, and thank you so much, Steve, for being here, uh, sending lots of love and light blessings out to you and yours. And uh, hey, guys, uh, I want to wish you so much love. And please remember, healing begins where the ego ends. Take care.